This is Leadership in Motion with Dr. Israel Molina. Welcome to Leadership in Motion. In this episode, we'll discuss situational ethics. What is it? And is it real? By definition, situational ethics is a view of ethics that depreciates general moral principles while emphasizing the source of moral judgment in the distinctive characteristics of a situation. That's a definition out of a book. But basically, situational ethics is based on the context of the situation, not based on what's right or what's wrong. To me, when I first started thinking about situational ethics, I thought to myself, wow, what a cop-out. I know it was wrong, but I did it anyway because of whatever the excuse that you want to come up with. Like when your kid goes into the cookie jar and eats all the cookies out of the cookie jar. They know that they're not supposed to eat all the cookies. It will spoil their appetite. But they did it because, oh, I was hungry. That, that's kind of a cop-out. So I started doing some more research on situational ethics. One of the things that I notice is that it's basically a conflict between morals and, and ethics, which is basically like laws and principles. One of the very first people to actually do a model on situational ethics is Joseph Fletcher. And his model of ethics states, as long as love is your intention, the end justifies the means. In other words, if your decision that you made was based on love, then whatever decision that you made is okay. It is not subject to fixed law. The foundation of Fletcher's model is based on a quote from the Bible, which says, God is love. All decisions based in love is therefore right. But later in the Bible, it also says that you should keep God's commandments. So if the law in the commandments say that you're supposed to do this, there lies a moral dilemma. And that is, is something that I see that there's a major conflict in the term situational ethics. So in a situation where you have a chance to kill one person and to save 50,000 people, 100,000 people, or even a million people, is it right to kill that person? Or are the principles of laws that says that you're not supposed to kill someone prominent? What would you do in that situation? If you had a chance to kill Hitler before the millions and millions of people were killed during World War II, would you do it? That's a situational ethic decision. So killing Hitler before he kills millions of people, to me, would be a moral judgment 
a moral decision made upon this because of the situation. I would say in my life, I would actually, yes, I would take them out in a heartbeat if I knew what was going to happen. And I think for the most part, most people would actually do that. They would go against the law and actually kill Hitler before he did anything. Now, let's look at ethics as a principle. Ethics as a principle is just like the principles of gravity. The principles of gravity. If you climb to the top of a 10-story building and jump off, let me tell you, gravity doesn't care whether you believe in gravity or not, if you believe in the principles of gravity or not. As you fall, the fall may not kill you. It may not. But let me tell you, I guarantee you that the sudden stop when you get to the bottom will definitely guarantee that you're not going to have a good day. That's a situation where principles is a law. You cannot change it. This is going to happen. But situational ethics would lead you to believe that if you climb up to the top of the 10th story building, jump off, and just because you do not believe in the principle, the law, that somehow, some way, it's going to soften your fall. And somehow, when you, when you come to a, to a stop at the bottom, you're going to be okay. You're going to walk away from it and stuff, right? I honestly don't, don't believe that, that that's going to happen. Because the law is there. The law is always going to be there, whether you believe in it or not. And sure, the decision to actually climb up to the 10-story building and actually jump off was ultimately your decision. But you can't defy, you can't defy the principle. You can't def defy the law. I'm challenging you to think about ethics. Is it philosophy? Is it just a moral way of thinking? Or is it a principle? Is it a law? Is it always there? Is it something that you can't change? Something you got to think about. When preparing for this episode, I thought about how many times a day I violate ethics. How many times a day I violate ethics? When I actually started thinking about this, right? I thought to myself, I'm a very ethical person. I really don't violate anything, really. I don't do anything purposely wrong I make good decisions but when I think about it I, I lost count after about five times in a day at my job I'm not supposed to do any work for a customer unless I have a work order unless I have a document on my desk that says I'm supposed to do a b c work at this customer's facility this place where I have to go ahead and, and, and do a job at but I get into a situation where, okay, I'm here to fix one thing, but somebody says, oh, by the way, you know what? This this over here was broken. Can you take a look at it? Oh, wow, you know, we've been meaning to get this done, get that done. And I find myself doing more for the customer than what was outlined that I had to actually do. So if the principle was I have to go ahead and abide by this work order, this piece of paper that describes the limit of what I have to do for a customer, 
And all of a sudden, a customer says, can, can you please do this? Can you please take a look at that? Nine out of ten times, I'm going to wind up violating ethics, violating my work order, just because I felt the need to help someone. I understand the situation that the customer is in. And while you know, I called three weeks ago to get somebody to take a look at this or, or try to fix that, and I would look at them and I would say, don't, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. I'm going to fix this for you. I'm going to fix that for you. Despite the fact that I didn't have a work order to actually do the job, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to do this. But that's my nature. And I, I understand at work, people actually take advantage of that. They, they, they know, oh, wow, Israel's here. Great, fantastic. We might be able to get this done and that done also. So they kind of take advantage of me. But at, in the very end, they're very happy. I'm happy. So I guess it's kind of a selfish thing. I felt really good that I helped the customer. They can go on and, and do their work, do everything that they have to do. I felt good, but I violated ethics. I violated the rules and regulations of my job. But ultimately, nobody got hurt. And I guess if you look back at Fletcher's model of situational ethics if our decision was made because of love if love was intended I'm talking about love for one another and and I wanted to make sure that everybody was happy and comfortable in their job and I was able to help them out then I guess I did it out of love I didn't do it out of a work order then I guess that was what I based my decision on so I guess in that situation, situational ethics is real. I, and I did find out that, yes, I do violate ethics all the time, but I, I do it in, in a good way, if there's ever a good way of violating ethics. Hmm. Interesting. So I challenge you, how many times a day do you violate ethics? How many times a day... And start counting it early in the morning. And I guarantee you by midday, you would probably violate ethics maybe like about at least five times or so. And not in a bad way. You know, you probably did something more for a customer or maybe you did something. You went, you know, beyond what was called for. But technically, yeah, you did violate this. You did violate that. But ultimately, wow, the customer was happy. This person was happy. You know, everybody is happy and stuff. So take, take a look at it. How many times do you actually violate ethics? So is every situational ethics situation a, a, a moral decision? Or did you base your decision on, 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 on principles? Okay, I did this because it's the right thing to do. Or is it because I'm trying to do things right, if you get what that means. Lately in the news, we've been hearing a lot of things, a lot of reports, and the terminology, again, situational ethics keeps on coming back into the mainstream of the news. And I really don't want to get political here, but when a politician says one thing, 5, 10, 15 years ago, oh, this is, this is it. This is the law. This is the law of the land. This is the Constitution. This is it. You know, it's 
and then so today, well, it's okay to violate it. it it's okay, you know, um, that this person is not doing what the law says and calling it situational ethics. I, I would agree that situational ethics, you know, if you're going to violate the law, if you're violating it for a good reason, a good moral reason, like I said, you know, if you had to go ahead and, and, and kill Hitler before he killed millions of people, that's a good ethical reason. If you had to go ahead and do anything that, that helped others, especially a life or death situation, that's a good reason. You know, you had to go ahead and help this person, help that person, do, you know, just to help others. That's a good reason. Not when it comes to just violating the law just because, oh, this person is part of my team, this person is part of my party, this person is part of, has my own political views and stuff. No, that's not a good situational ethics. That's a cop-out. That is totally a cop-out. Unless it's a life-or-death situation, in many cases, then then there is no reason to go against law. I can understand to go against law to help people, to help people, but not if it's going to financially benefit you. That is totally unethical. It's it's good politics to be on this side today. And then so maybe next time, okay, I'll be back on that side again. What a cop-out. It really is. And ultimately... It's your decision. It's your call. Violate ethics. Don't violate ethics. It's your decision. And it and it's the decision that you will be held accountable for. That you made the decision. Because, you know, although, you know, in in a court of law. You kill one person to save 50,000, a million people, or whatever the case may be. A jury of your peers may not find you guilty. They may say, you know what? This guy's a hero. This guy's a hero. He took out, like when the cops go in there and they shoot somebody that, that was on a rampage, you know, shooting people in, in a church school or where, or a synagogue or wherever it is and stuff. That person went in there, took out that, 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 that criminal. Okay. A jury of their peers would never convict that person and stuff, right? But when you violate the the, the law and, and it wasn't based on helping others, you know, ultimately you'll be held accountable. But sometimes it's just in your head. Well, nobody caught me. Nobody caught me. Yeah, but you have to live with that. You made that decision. You have to live with that. To make good decisions. That's all I'm saying. I'm not I'm not here to judge anybody on their decisions and actions. I'm asking you to make good decisions. Think about how how many times we violate ethics. Was it a good for the good? Or maybe something sometimes it wasn't. And maybe we'll make better decisions. It's a very interesting topic. It, it really is. And the more I think about it in people tell me about different situations I'm like 
you know what? Yeah, I do see it your way. Yes, I. Yeah, you know, you made a moral judgment call. Um, it sure it, it it was wrong, but but ultimately, you know, now you have to be accountable for your decisions. If you'd like to drop us a line, my email is leadershipinmotion036 at gmail.com. And as always, take the lead today for a better tomorrow. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Please subscribe. This has been Leadership in Motion with Dr. Israel Molina. Please subscribe to our podcast.